Hello everyone, welcome back. This is Penny Sansevieri with the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. I stumbled over the name again. Here we are, right? Once again, like people are gonna come away from this podcast going, wow, Penny doesn't sound, doesn't sound very smart. She doesn't remember the name of her own show. I do. I think it sounds, we're so focused on what we're talking about. It's like, oh, all these like really, you know, technical details. It's like, okay, let's just get to the good stuff. Come on. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Let's just get to the good stuff. Before we get to the good stuff, I just want to remind everybody first off, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. But we'd also love a review. Please, 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 please take some time to review. And um, the contact information is in the show notes. If you want to reach out and give us some show ideas, we've gotten some show ideas from listeners, which I love. And they're all really good. Like there hasn't been a single show idea that people have sent where I thought, I can't imagine doing a show on that. Like they've all been really, really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. So we love ideas and please share the podcast with your friends. We'd love to get more listeners. So today we're going to focus on big media. So the next couple of shows, we're going to break this down. So we're going to talk on national media and big media and getting, getting more attention for your book through big national outlets um, and you know, just making sure that you understand the steps, again, not at all meant to discourage anybody from pitching themselves to national media. But I think it's really important to understand what the media is looking for and what the media wants. Right. I think it's all about being prepared. You know, honestly, there's nothing wrong with having it as a goal, but you still need to be prepared for how to get there. Right. Right, exactly. Because you get that, I mean, you get that on the front end when people come into the company too, don't you, Amy? Yes. I mean, I people write us, their book sounds really intriguing, their title sounds really great. I start doing my investigating into their website, their social, things like that to learn more about them. And I will say it's really tough and we have to have that conversation with them, Penny, when they've written a book that has any sort of advice or life guidance or business guidance. And it's all just based on personal experience, but they don't have that technical or professional background in the topic Yeah, because that is where it gets really tough and you have to have a really smart media plan if you don't have that technical or professional background in what you want to talk about. Right. And that's the first, so that's the first piece of it. And we'll just, we'll refer to it as sort of the first deal breaker, right? If you've written a book that is, so if you have, if you've written a book about, you know, how you built your business grassroots and now it's wildly popular and, you know, that could potentially be a really good topic, right? And the fact that you built your business and you started it from the ground up, et cetera, that makes you the expert. But if you've written a book about something else, right? So if you've written your book about dating or dieting or something around fitness, you know, you'd better be an expert, right? You'd better be, you'd better have some kind of, you own a gym or you run a fitness app or something along those lines, because the media is going to want to know what is your expertise? What is, you know, what is your platform and what, you know, what does your brand look like? So those are all really important things. And if you don't have that, there may be other ways to consider potentially um, getting in front of media. I had an author this years ago. She wrote a book on plant-based protein eating. And she had interviewed nutritionists, et cetera, et cetera. She, was, she did this because her dad had a heart attack and she wanted to get him healthy, et cetera. That was her motivation. 
But in order for her to get radio interviews, I told her, I said, listen, you're going to have to get somebody, some, somebody with an MD or, you know, a nutritionist or some, something like that to lend their credibility via a forward for the book. Or, you know, um, maybe in some cases, even as a co-author or something like that. So think about, because those are really, really important often scientific topics that do require um that do require a brand and also pay attention to you know your not just your brand but your but your platform because it all ties in right that's exactly true your brand is part of your resume you have to think of it that way it's not just the pretty stuff like fonts and colors i mean it's everything mm -hmm. and so much of that is online and definitely speaking to what you said penny about you know, interviews, what a great way to do that. I mean, the content you put out is also part of your brand and your media resume. So get those interviews done with people that are professionals or experts in the topic that you're trying to cover. You know, make sure that you have at least one successful social media account that's getting engagement. You know, that's something that you can still have, that you have full control over even without a professional or technical background in your topic. Yeah. You know, get featured, you know, be quoted in things. You you have to go for those smaller elements as well. Maybe you're not always going to be the star of everything you're in, but try to get quoted in, in articles as well for as much as you can. And the media page on your website, Penny, you always talk about a media page. And we always talk about how you should not promote something that you're not proud of and that you can't brag about. So those go hand in hand. If you don't have a media page or if you've got one or two things on there, you know, get your acting gear, start building that. Yeah. Because it's all, you know, that uh, there again, I mean, look, you can have the best pitch in the world. None of it's going to matter if your package, if your author brand, if everything doesn't look like it ties in. Because, you know, you want to look like you did the work, right? So you have a good looking website, you have a professional, you know, media room, and you have some mentions, you have a great author photo, you've really put in the work, you have to put in the time. Um, there's, there's always the rare, very rare case of an author who just gets boom center spotlight and you look at their stuff and you think, well, my stuff is much better than that, but it's super rare. I mean, most of this is, is pretty front loaded, um, in terms of just looking good. And it doesn't necessarily have to, I mean, it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money, but it has to be thoughtful, right? It has to be, you know, be careful what you put out there. Everything is your resume. I say this all the time. So let's talk about the pitch itself and how you're, and how to, to tackle these, this particular media. Right. Because once you have everything set up and you've paid attention to the details and you feel like you've got a good, that's a great, you know, word to use Penny package to offer, you know, you have to pitch them, but then who is the them? Like, how do you figure out who the them is and who are the right people to reach out to? Well, there's a couple of ways to do this. So in the last show, we talked about the media alerts that I get, which sometimes gets to be a little crazy and obnoxious, but I tend to get a lot of media alerts for people that we're working with and just in terms of their topics. So the first piece of this is, is that you really need to be aware of who's writing about what yours expertise is, who's writing about your topic, because you pitching the right person is as important as the pitch itself, right? Um, and if you pitch the wrong person, they generally aren't going to say, oh, let me forward this on to the next because they're just too busy for that, 
right? And so um, the first thing that I look for is I look for the right person. It may not always be the book producer at one of these major shows. I mean, it could be somebody who is, especially if your book is older and you're pitching, and this happens a lot, actually. Um, if your book, let's say, is maybe has aged a little bit, so it's not right out of the gate, but it ties to something that's going on right now. And right now we're in the middle of, you know, the pandemic. And I see a lot of books about the flu, the, the flu pandemic and all this other stuff. And these books have been written 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago in some cases, but they've become more relevant because it's become very topical. So your book doesn't necessarily have to be brand spanking new but it can be relevant, but just be very clear that like, if you have a, you know, if you have something on fitness, the health reporter, producer, freelancer, associated press person, whatever, may be your better top, maybe your, your, you know, your better target. Right. And this was also mentioned in our previous episode, tapping into online media and thinking outside of the box and not always focusing solely on printed and what's going to be in somebody's hands. Right. Right. Exactly. Because the other thing to keep in mind are lead times. So lead times I think are important to mention, and this is probably a good, a good space to do that. So your lead time for radio is going to be different than lead times for national publications, whether that's parenting magazines, sporting women's magazines, whatever. Right. And you can figure out what their lead times are by going onto the magazine's website and downloading their media kit. Now their media kit will tell you because the media kit's designed to speak to advertisers. So it tells the advertisers when they have to get their ad copy in before the issue closes. So that's a really good barometer of when you have to kind of hit these, these magazines. The majority of them are three to in some cases, six months for uh, like, for example, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, that issue is probably already closed for most magazines, right? Because they, it's a big month, you know, the same with December and November, right? These issues tend to close a lot earlier. So that's the first, you know, so that's where you can, if you want to hit that particular month with your topic, that's how far ahead that you have to pitch. But radio needs a much shorter lead time. So you could pitch... NPR, you could pitch any, you know, um, Sirius XM or any, which people forget about satellite radio a lot, but we've had authors on satellite radio and I love that. Um, and you could pitch them with a much shorter window so they could, you know, they may record only a week ahead of time. In some cases, you know, a couple of days. Um, same for newspapers and, you know, local media, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But you got to make sure that you are um, and you know, that you're giving enough lead time, national shows, they tend to plan their guests far out unless there's some kind of national emergency that you can speak to, in which case they may need guests, um, you know, pretty quickly. But Amy, as you pointed out, the online media, really, really, really a good resource for a lot of authors that are thinking, you know, maybe I'm not ready for the Today Show, but this topic could be really interesting to the relationship editor in this, you know, the online media. And I keep re referencing the Today Show because it's very top of mind and we get, you know, we do get asked that a lot. Right. But um, I think that's so very true. I think people for, not forget, but aren't as aware as we are how much more content the online arm of a media outlet, how much more they have to produce 
you know, because a magazine that comes out once a month, it's a big production, but still that's a once a month focus. But that online entity is not going to be stagnant with the same content for an entire month. Yeah. And so there really are a lot more opportunities to fill those spaces of content with your book or something that you can speak to. And I think that's something that authors need to remember, that there, there are a lot of opportunities there. Well, and I think that the other, the other piece of this is, is that you want to also look for magazines. You know, in some cases, um, magazines are a little bit limited. Some magazines are a little bit limited in what they can cover. And a good example of this are bridal magazines. I love bridal magazines because they sit, first off, they sit in bridal shops for months, even older ones do, right? But if you think about it, right, bridal magazines only cover like a handful of topics, right? So flowers, dresses, cakes, like that's, they, like, they're not going to cover dating advice in a bridal magazine because <laughs> that ship's kind of already sailed, right? And I'm like, you're like okay, you're okay. here now. If you can pivot your topic, your pitch to something that is relevant to them. And maybe it's health. Maybe it's getting in shape before your wedding. Maybe it's the perfect makeup. We worked with a psychic actually years ago and I pitched a bride's magazine on finding the perfect wedding flowers by your astrological sign. Right. And you will laugh thinking, oh my gosh, that's the craziest thing. But she made it on the cover. Like she made it, there was a mention on the cover, you know, find the right flowers, blah, blah, blah. And that's a big deal. So sometimes you really have to just get super creative with your pitch. And in particular, which Amy, I want you to kind of speak to, because we've had many conversations about this, subject lines. Right. Subject lines of emails, right. so important. They are so important. And you really need to aim for that subject line that somebody can't help but open. You know what I mean? So there has to be an element of, you know, shock value is not the exact right term, but you really want them to go, what? You know, like they can't help themselves. So while you, you really, it's, it's a really, I find it fun, but it's such a great brainstorm to figure out that perfect line between kind of a tease, not giving them too much, sounding unique, sounding like something different, sometimes sounding like something, you know, that they're not really expecting. So what you have to offer is actually different than what the lead in is, but it's a really great way to kind of add again, that shock value of like, okay, I need to find out what this is, what's happening here. Right, exactly. And, you know, you can also use, so one of the things that Amy does every month is she does the monthly, um, so I guess we, what do we call it? Do we call it celebrations? Like kind of oh, yeah. the that people yeah. can enter? Yes, the, the monthly kind of all the weird, wacky, kind of obscure, lesser known holidays and days of celebration. Right. Right, exactly. So what, and we've done a lot of pitches around these particular dates. So Fire Prevention Week, years ago, I had an author who did a book. Uh, it, was a, it was a book on how to, how to get organized. And the book was actually called How to Get Organized Without Resorting to Arson. Um, and I pitched that during Fire Prevention Week, right? Got her a lot of media on that. So sometimes you have to get creative and get creative and you have to get creative with not just your pitches and your subject line, but also when you're pitching them. So give that some thought and definitely peruse our website. Cause Amy puts those up. She's very, very good about that. And that's one of the things that 
a lot of people come to our website for is for those for those dates. It's kind of crazy. Smart because it's really hard. It's a little bit older, and so you can't really rely on the newness of your book anymore. And you really have to dig into ways to make it relevant longer term. And those national holidays and days of recognition and things like that can actually be very inspiring for ways to consistently tie your book into something that the media can recognize is worth writing about because it adds something new. It's relevant, you know, especially if it's kind of quirky because that's always something fun that they can cover and they probably haven't covered in the past, but it still makes sense for their audience. Like those are really great little pockets to fit yourself into. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you do, you bring up a really good point. If your book is not as new and you want to figure out a way to make it more relevant, I mean, those are things that, you know, those anchoring it to something that is, um, you know, peanut butter and jelly day, et cetera, et cetera, can, can help you, you know, to, to, to create something that is um, different and, you know, and unique. Now, the one thing that I want to also caution authors, if you're pitching, is don't pitch everybody at a publication. Don't pitch everybody at a uh, TV show or a radio show. There are, you know, there, we subscribe to a professional media database, which is not inexpensive. Um, and we need to because we're pitching media. So I'm on, I'm in that um, all the time, but you can find um, the, you know, people who do the shows. I mean, you can go onto the, the website and, and, you know, locate their names. And sometimes if you're lucky, their email addresses. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why you don't want to blanket email people is because, and I've had producers at shows tell me this, that, so they go, they have a, you know, they have a show meeting, right? And if you've pitched every producer at the show, and some of these bigger shows have many producers, you pitch every producer at the show, they're all maybe, well, I mean, you should be so lucky that they're all walking in with your show idea, right? But people in the media like things that are exclusive to them. So don't go, you know, if you, if you pitch them and you have pitched other people, let them know that in the pitch, right? Say, you know, I've also produced just as, as a heads up, I've also pitched this producer. I kind of let them know sort of at the end of the pitch, just to give them kind of a heads up that, you know, if this is brought to the, to the story idea table, you know, somebody else didn't get back to me on it. So I went ahead and pitched you for it. So you can definitely continue to if you, if there are multiple people at a publication or an outlet that you can pitch, you can definitely go after them, but I would never BCC everybody. And, you know, this is just in general. I mean, bloggers hate it. Media hates it. (laughs) Everybody. I mean, you kind of have to make, I mean, I realize it takes a little bit of work, but the effort always pays off and it's really worth it. Um, It's, it's really worth it in the end because you'll get, you know, better media placements if you're not just blasting everybody out there with your pitch. Very true. No, that's a very good point. So let's talk a little bit about, so national magazines, Amy, you and I have had many conversations about pitching national magazines. So many. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody wants it. And it's like, you know what I mean? That everybody wants national. Um, It's, it, it can get really tough. Um, I will say though, uh, Penny, it, they take a lot more TLC. Would you agree? Yeah, they take a lot more TLC. And you really also have to, I get a lot of magazine subscriptions, not because I have a lot of time to read magazines. <laughs> Sometimes I just kind of sift through them, but I, I, I know what magazines feature what, because that's my job, right? 
Um, and I talked to an author one time and she was telling me how she pitched, um, you know, she just kept pitching real simple, which I love this magazine. I get a subscription to, but she kept pitching real simple every single time for her topic and they never cover her story, but she liked the magazine and she thought, I like them. I'm going to pitch them. I'd really like to be featured in this magazine because I like them. The two are not, that's not a connection. The connection is that the magazine has to be, you know, they have to cover that topic because they're not going to make an exception just because they like you and they appreciate that you like their magazine. So you've got to find something. That's where, you know, local magazines and trade magazines come in. If national seems like, you know, you've been pitching them and they haven't really paid you much attention. I think that's, yeah, I love, I love local. I realize it's, it's still a big step for a lot of authors. And for some reason, Penny, I think that thinking pitching a big magazine via email is a lot less scary than, you know, getting your feet on the ground and actually going and working on local media because it's so much closer to you. I think there's, there's an added fear factor of that also. And probably I, I could imagine, a, a, you know, the rejection factor for something that is so much closer to you. Right. But local, but local media is just such a fabulous opportunity and the creativity that you can get into with local media is just really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and like we've talked about, it's often, oftentimes it's overlooked. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the follow-up because I do recommend follow-up. I'm a big fan of follow-up. Um, and some authors have asked me, you know, can I, can I call media? And I've called media, um, to follow up on stories that, that, you know, that we've pitched. You really want to be careful with that because the first, um, that you say is going to be there, there, you're going to have lost their attention. Um, Usually if I'm calling somebody in the media, I will ask them, the first thing I'll say is, are you on deadline? And if they say yes, I'll say, you know what, I'll just call back. Most of the time you're probably going to get voicemail. I mean, email is effective, but sometimes I will pick up the phone and just call somebody if I say, you know, look, I just wanted to check and make sure that you got the pitch. Are there any questions? Have a script ready. Do not get caught off guard when a producer picks up the phone and says, this is such and such and you have to go because that's your opportunity. Be really clear, you know, and if they didn't see your pitch, be prepared for plan B. Be prepared to pitch them over the phone very briefly and very succinctly, right? And they may say, yeah, send me your information. That's a great, um, that's a great opportunity. Do it quickly. If you have to FedEx it, if they want to see it right away, definitely FedEx it. Um, and then, you know, feel free to, you know, feel free to, to follow up with, the, with them again, especially if you got a request for, for information. But if you do follow up, be super ready. Just don't be like a stalker, you know, so typically, <laughs> typically I recommend, I say, you know, you follow up, follow up once or twice. Some places will tell you outright, look, don't follow up with us, but you can just sort of gently just say, Hey, just wanted to make sure that you got the pitch. If not, it's pasted here below again. Thank you for considering me. Be really polite. Um, because the shows are, look, I don't want to make this sound super scary, even though I probably already have the shows are already look, they're always looking for content. Like they're looking for really great guests. So be a really great guest, but start out being a really great, you know, pitch person, right? Be polite, be respectful of their time. Um, and you know, capture their interest with a great pitch. Ah, Penny, you know what? I love 
that this came up because I feel like this isn't discussed enough practicing. I think practicing what you just said is a brilliant way to get yourself ready for big media. You know, imagine like if you have a friend or a colleague or somebody in your network that, you know, can spend 15 minutes with you on the phone. I think that would be such a fabulous practice element to really understanding what it's like to be put on the spot and to be somebody that's going to be good on media and asked back again by other outlets. You know, if you, if you want to figure out if you're cut out for this, I think that's a brilliant way to practice with that phone option, like imagining you're calling and following up and you get somebody to answer the phone. How do you handle yourself? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you really have to be ready for, you really have to be ready for the big media. And we'll talk a little bit more about, about, um, local, which is a great place to get your feet wet in the next show. But it's rare that you birth a book and you go straight to national media, right? It's really rare that a book gets born and automatically gets on all of the major shows. Most of the time, there is a lot of backstory, if I can use that term when talking about a book, but there's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of buzz going on online. Maybe Oprah gave it an early nod or something like that. There's usually, because this is very true for, for, for national media, people like what other people like. So you've got to, um, if you're looking to get media, you know, build towards that. But if you are, you know, if you've gotten a lot of no's, hopefully the next show will be able to gain and give you some, some more ideas in terms of uh, local and trade. Yes. And can I just do another uh, shameless plug real quick? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Because you've said it a couple of times during the show. This can sound really scary. And it can sound like a lot to get in order. And so if this, you know, if you're feeling inspired by what we've covered or worried or nervous or super unsure, if you're questioning what's going on, or maybe all of these things, definitely get in touch. We'd love to do a marketing assessment for you where we can really dig into what you've already tried and what you kind of have in your arsenal of strategies for how you're dealing with media right now. And the assessment will really dig into what you're doing now, find the holes, help you fill those in, and then give you tips for how to build on what you've already established or to even guide you on a new path that maybe will work better for you in the future. That's fabulous. I love that so much. In the next show, we are going to be talking about local and trade media. And I thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, we'd love your feedback. Let me know what you think of the shows. Um, uh, We'd love a review. Please, please, please review. I mean, this is me begging for a review. That's not not very pretty, Penny. Um, As my mother would say, don't beg. But I am begging. Please review the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. This is Penny Zansberry and Amy Cornell, and we appreciate you listening. Bye-bye.